I'm Mel Stewart, and this is the Swim Slam Podcast. Joining me today is a man that I love, a man that's laughing at me right now because this is my fifth time doing the intro. He's a two-time Olympic medalist. He's a gold medalist. He's swimming's number one YouTuber. Of course, I'm talking about Cody Miller of Cody Miller Adventures. What's up, buddy? Hey, man. Good to see you. Always a pleasure to see you and chat with you. Appreciate it very much. since you've been doing you've been doing the vlog for for three years now really had you had that that first year where you were kind of working through it but really it's been three years and uh it's sort of like eye-popping it's like if you're not on the cody miller adventures train you're not in swimming you don't really know what's going on it's it is it is must see tv and swim you must be proud of that i uh, that's really high praise coming from you, from you, man. You guys pump out some pretty great content as well. Um, yeah, no, I mean, like you said, it's been about three years and um, it's evolved over time. And I'm, I'm really happy to see that it's having somewhat of a positive impact on the swimming world. Uh, I did my first swim clinic uh, this past weekend with Josh Davis and I hadn't done a swim clinic in, I mean, it'd been years, but you know, pre COVID and we had over a hundred kids there and I was overwhelmed with the, the gratitude that I got from these, you know, middle schoolers and high schoolers for the videos that I've been making. And it's one thing to see comments in the comment section and that stuff, but it's another thing to feel that in person. So knowing that there are people out there that are getting some entertainment value, some, you know, useful information and some kind of, you know, just positive impact on them from it. I mean, it, it makes me, I, I feel really good. So thank, thanks for plugging that for me. <laughs> Well, it, it, I mean, I'm saying it, but it, it, internally, I'm really just jealous because before there was Cody Miller, before there was Swim Swam, I did this for years and I would show up and do clinics and kids would be like, I love what you do. It's amazing. And then we started Swim Swam. And now I do things like manage finances and manage and manage and manage, you know, business partnerships. And you get, you, you're, you're, you're doing great. But here's my experience. When I show up at Swim Meets, they call me Mr. Stewart. Kids call me, hi, Mr. Stewart. You're that guy with some SRAM. <laughs> and they, and, but they look at, they look at Coleman and they're like, Coleman practicing pancakes. Yeah. He's a celebrity, but Coleman worships you like Coleman. Coleman's like, did you, did you see Cody today? Col Coleman, Coleman is Coleman is in his getting his film school master's degree from Cody Miller, Cody Miller adventures university. Just, just a little FYI, just so you know that. I didn't know that. I, I mean, obviously love Coleman and I know that he's paid somewhat attention, but I didn't know that he thought that highly. I don't know if you're fluffing it up a little bit, but that makes me like, that makes me really happy. I'm not, <laughs> I'm, not I'm not, I'm not, I'm not blowing smoke. This is the real thing. And, and here's the thing it's deserved. You, you, you've done it really well. And it's, um, here's the beauty of it. It, <clears throat> you don't just bring your, your, your film, your understanding of film and your, and your love of film and your, you, you, you have this, this dialogue and an ability to tell story, but it, it comes from a, a place uh, that is, that is, um, you know, you're, you, I can tell you're striving to achieve mastery and, and no one else has really done it in swim. You've, you've, you've got that, you've checked that box, you filled that bucket and it's getting better, but also you're vulnerable. You've been very vulnerable. 
And um, I haven't talked to you since trials. So I get to have my trials moment with you. So tell me, so unpack it for me. Tell me, you know, what, what's, um, what did, what did, what did the past trials mean for you? And what does it mean going forward? Um, I think that I've been fortunate to be able to rebound faster than a lot of people coming off of like such a big disappointment. Um, and part of that is having the right structures in place. You know, I, I have other elements of my life that are uh, obviously supersedes swimming now. Um, but yeah, I, I, as I said, very openly in a vlog that I made shortly, a few weeks after trials, I mean, it wasn't just that I had a disappointing meet and didn't qualify for the team, but I had, you know, one of the worst meets that I had ever had, especially in the last decade. Um, and that was obviously devastating. Um, but on the flip side, when you reflect on any season, whether it's the Olympic season or not, you you take things away that are positive and then you try to analyze the things that were negative that, that ultimately created whatever the result was. Um, and in the buildup to trials, there were definitely things that were um, more difficult for me to overcome and certainly negative aspects like, you know, having a kid is the most amazing thing that has ever happened to me. But the timing of that was not ideal for peak physical performance training, preparation, all that. And, and that's, that's one variable. And there's a handful of other variables that were there that, you know, on the war path, um, leading into the competition, there's no value in really recognizing those things and consciously knowing. So you, you try to shield yourself from those things. Um, but I mean, you know, now that I've been through all that and had this horrible trials experience and, and talked very publicly about it, um, it's like, it's forced me to really assess what I want out of the sport, what I want out of my career and what I want out of my life. And the bottom line is like, I just, I really still enjoy and love swimming. I do enjoy and love going to the pool and making these videos. Um, and yeah, man, it's just, I still feel super, super lucky. And the one thing I'll say is it's like, I've seen other Olympians that I've idolized for years, go to these big meets like Olympic trials and blow up and break world records. But I've also seen people that I idolize for a long time, go to these meets and fail and fail on a grand scale. And very rarely do you get to see the inner workings of someone's mind in their lows. You, you always get to see them on the mountaintops. And so that's something that I, although it has been difficult to do as it would be with anybody, I've tried to shed some light on some of those more difficult times. Um, and that's why I made those types of videos. And that's why I try to talk about that because, you know, the audience is only going to engage in my content and watch my stuff if it's authentic and if they believe it. And, and I can't just, you know, I don't want, I don't want the stuff I make to look like just an Instagram filter where everything is always just, you know, bright eyed and rosy. Um, cause that's just not the way things are. So, um, dude, you and I could probably talk like an hour long about trials and all that stuff, but, um, I've taken a lot of good away. You know, I, I guess like, the, the biggest takeaway for anybody looking at like my failure of trials, 2021, 2020, whatever you want to call it, um, is that it doesn't matter how old you are or how much experience you, you have, you're always vulnerable to making mistakes and you're never perfect. And, um, you have to, um, you have to look at yourself in the mirror, honestly, and take full responsibility. You know, like I take responsibility for everything that happened at that meet. Um, and, uh, I know there are things that I could have controlled that I didn't, and there are things that were out of my control that just happened. And here we are and everything is still fine, right? It's still, as much as we love swimming, we love the sport. It's still just, we're just swimming in a pool and it should just be fun. What's interesting for Cody Miller adventures is that, you know, it's all about connection. 
It's all about vulnerability and connection, but it's all, it's all about, it's all about the fact that, uh, more of your audience can identify with failure because swimming is failure. Swimming is yes. all failure. All you know, the time. Even, even if you're, even if you're, even if you're talking to Michael Phelps, Michael Phelps is going to talk about, yeah, 90% of this is failure. And, uh, and I, but I, I feel like you brought it to everyone and, and you just gave us the nitty gritty of it. And that's when, when, that's when the vlog sings, that's when it blows up. That's when it's like, that's must see. It's like, I've got to see this. Wow. And you're, and you're, you can't look away. So, uh, you know, thanks for that. It's, I a, appreciate it, man. It, um, you know, I, I heard, I said this one time before we did, a, we did a podcast before and you came in and you were, you spoke at an alumni get together and we always had current athletes come in and speak to people who, you know, the former Olympians, former world champions, former, and you came in and I think it was ahead of a golden goggles, but you came in you were sitting there. I had no idea what to expect. And I've, I've been seeing this for years and years and years going back to 2007, you stood up on top of your chair and addressed your older peers. And it was like, I was just like, Whoa, I was like, this guy needs to be running for Senate. He needs to be running for office right now. He's got it. Um, so it, you, you have that charisma, but it, it's the charisma with the vulnerability that makes it so, so wonderful. I remember so, that we were in like a taco shop in LA before golden goggles. I remember that. Cause I, that might've been the first time I'd ever really met you. And, um, there were a handful of people in that room that I had not met before. Like that was the first time I ever spoke with Lenny Kraselberg. There were a bunch of people that I was, you know, I was like kind of starstruck by. And I was like, I got to take advantage of this moment. Like I got to like share the love, you know? So I'm so happy that you remember that. <laughs> if you ever invited to an alumni get together, you should do it because you walk into a room and it's, it's a hundred plus Olympic medals. And you and I both know, you know, that, you know, if you, you've got two medals, I got three medals and it's like, um, you know, you're standing in a room and people have seven medals and 10 medals and 28 medals. And, and you're like, you know, the packing order is like, wait a minute, really low on, on this totem pole, but it's a, uh, but it's but the funny thing is that you're the older you get, the less those medals matter. Someone told me that I'm like, yeah, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it comes, it comes back. Yeah. I've really had that same feeling, especially coming out in this last year. I've like reflected back and I'm like, okay, you know, to play devil's advocate. What if I'd made the Olympics again? Okay, great. Now I'm a two-time Olympian. What if I had one more medals again? Okay, great. How would that affect my current living situation day to day? It honestly, it like none, like none. And I think, like you said, the older I get, the more that that will probably become even truer. And so that has also helped me just kind of accept where I'm at with in my career, kind of the, the twilight years of my career. I mean, I'm, I still, I'm still planning on racing another four or five years. And I think I can be at a pretty high level for a while. Um, but you're right. It's uh, when you meet those people that have these ridiculous resumes. And at first you have that kind of starstruck moment. And then you talk to them and you're like, man, we're all just people. We're all just the same thing. And I try to address kids like I like at that clinic I did this past weekend. The one thing I try to say is the first Olympic gold medal I ever held was Josh Davis's. He came to a swim clinic with the, at the Sandpipers in Nevada when I was 11 years old and I held his medal and I was like, man, this is so cool. Like, this is my dream. And now I'm on the flip side of that and, and I'm doing that. And, and I always tell kids, I'm like, you could like this could be you because I've been in your position. And it's just that it's, it's cool. I'm so happy you remember those things, man. Well, the, um, how has, you know, how has the vlog 
changed you? How's it, how has it evolved and how has it changed you negatively or positively? I think you might've hinted on it before, but you know, unpack that for me. Yeah, for sure. I mean, where to start? I've de- I'm definitely not the same person I was in 2017 when I made my very first video as I am now, just growth, life experiences, all those types of things. It's given me a greater appreciation for the sport. Um, and that sounds really cheesy, but you know, there are days when I wake up and I don't want to go to the pool and there are days when I'm grumpy and any given week I, d- I determine a day, like I, I schedule out in advance. I'm like, okay, Wednesday, this week is the day I'm going to shoot this video. If I wake up on Wednesday and I'm grumpy or pissed off or something's going on, I have to shelf it and turn on that, that, you know, I have to, I have to be the guy for the camera and over the years, I have created or I have kind of honed in on this ability to really sideline other things that are going on that may be negatively impacting me because I have to be, I have to be that guy on camera. And it's like the phrase fake it till you make it, I've realized is really, really true because you might wake up in a grumpy mood for whatever reason, but if you force yourself to look past that and, you know, for me, just put a smile on and go to the pool. Like that's what I do. I put a smile on, I go to the pool and I film stuff and forcing myself to do so. I've been able to look at situations in my life differently. And, and, and I've really realized that, you know, my mindset and my feelings are something that is really, is really primarily dictated by myself. I mean, obviously you're influenced by your environment and your peers, but ultimately everything is dictated by your, by how you perceive things. I hope I'm making sense. Like, I don't know if that makes any kind of sense, but, uh, I, I'm able to now look at my life in a, through a different lens because of a skill set that I've developed that I never really expected to develop, right? Like creating this vlog, I was like, okay, I'll probably get better at shooting things, editing things. Um, I've developed a better relationship with the camera, but I didn't think that I was going to develop things that would help me outside of the world of creating swimming videos. Um, and it, it, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy. Like it's, it's hard for me to put into words. So I don't know if that makes any kind of sense. No, you're, you, it forces you to look at the micro and, uh, it forces you, it forces you into that personality for, and that, and what, let me, let me break it down this way. This is what I'm hearing from you. It's, uh, you know, you, you have to be that guy when you show up and, and, and you capture and you designate that one day. But the truth is everybody that swims has that day where they have to show up. And even though they don't feel it and they're grumpy and they're tired, maybe they're broken down. They have to show up too. Yeah. And, uh, with, when you're bringing the, the unit when you're bringing the kit, it's magnified. Uh, I like that, but also I think that when you're when you're when you're when you're detailing your life and detailing your journey, your adventure, um, it there's a lot of self reflection. It's just it's it is a in a sense you are doing your uh, you're you're doing your time in the therapist chair. That's what it is. Yeah, it's definitely forced me to do more self reflection than um, than normal because like you're I mean I'm literally analyzing bits and pieces of my life, right? Um, and like I said, uh, even on days when I'm not creating a video or filming something, um, I can rec- I, I, I am more prone to recognizing um, what's going on, you know, like how to, how to control my mindset, how to control my mood, and, and more importantly, how I'm affecting others. 
you know, because when I'm filming, I'm always trying to positively affect others, regardless of how I'm feeling. And now, and then when I'm not, um, I'm able to do that even better. Like I'm able to co to continue to positively impact people, um, even when I'm not filming. No, but as a filmmaker, you're always reviewing. That's, That's what I was saying. I, I'm, you're yeah. talking, and I'm doing these crazy right. things with you're my right. fingers while you're trying to. <laughs> but you're you're always reviewing. Yeah. Um, you, you're creating all these other neural pathways in your head, which is about reviewing your life and what it is. Because I'm sure that on the days off when you when you're not capturing your vlog, you're thinking, hmm. Um, this is a really interesting insight. Swimmers would probably appreciate that. I, this is how I would do it. You might be in the middle of a set, middle of the pool, you know, your heart rate's 150 <laughs> and you're thinking, well, I could do it this way. And this is how I'll break it down. This is how, and this is happening in your head. Yeah. Does that happen? It's, it's extremely analytical. Oh, it happens all the time. All the time. I get like ideas and new thoughts and, um, and that's part of the fun part because we as swimmers and just as people in general are very, um, we're very scheduled and routine and we do kind of the same stuff all the time. So for me as a creator, how do I do this in a new, interesting way that doesn't become stale or boring? And anyway, yeah, super, super analytical. Yeah. You're very right. Well, um, I was a speedo athlete and I think that's like being a speedo athlete is like, it, it was, it was a cool thing. It's like, you know, you go to the Olympics, you become an Olympian, but then you become a speedo athlete. And it, and it's really, it's a cool alumni and it's a cool family to be a part of. Your team Speedo, and uh, the fact that 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 Speedo has has partnered with you is like I'm like this is the smartest thing in the world because I, I I see swimming in two buckets now. I used to see it just as performance, just as achievement, and and hey, these are my friends and this is my family. But in terms of things that matter and and stand the test of time, I have two buckets now. I have okay, there's Michael Phelps, and he has 28 medals. And I'm, I personally, I'm, I'm sure you see this, but I see this, I see a whole generation of kids who show up and they're not going to be great in breaststroke or butterfly. They're going to be great in 10 events. And it's like, there's no, they're, they're okay. And they're, they're fine with, with achieving mastery across a wide range of events at a high level that for us is, is mind boggling. But now there's another bucket and the other bucket is swim media. And I think that you are creating a whole generation. So Phelps created this whole generation of kids who are not afraid of going after huge schedules. I think that you are creating a generation of kids that are going to be little Cody Millers. And I see it everywhere. I see it everywhere. Really? And uh, so kudos to Speedo and kudos to you. But are, so here's a question as, as you know, are you seeing are you seeing little Cody Millers popping up right and left? Well, I'm definitely not going to call them little Cody Millers. because <laughs> I do not need to blow up my ego. Um, but yeah, I, I like, I, I mean, I don't want to keep talking about this clinic I just did, but there were probably five different little groups of kids that all came up to me at the autograph table. And they're like, we started, we started our own vlog because of you. We watch you every week. And that's like a different level of appreciation that I I can't really quantify. It's one thing for someone to come and say, Hey, like, I love watching you swim. It's another person. It's another thing when they come up and say, Hey, like you've affected my life and now I'm doing something within the sport. And that is like just the great, I, I, it's, it's the highest accolade, like the highest compliment that I could get. And I, I, I do really love that. I really, and I agree with you, the, your whole sentiment about swimming media. Um, I think that's what we need as a sport to grow. I think that's what we need as a sport to, to stay relevant and to inspire, you know, the youth. And, um, 
to have just a small impact on that for me is, is rewarding within itself for sure. I want to press pause on that topic right there and we'll come back to it, but it's a, it's, um, I do have to emphasize this: the fact that Speedo made this partnership with you makes absolute sense. I like them because they're they, you typically when you have a partnership with Speedo, and I've seen this over the years. It's um, you know your career will end, and, and you still work with Speedo. They still you're still under contract. You're with them for a long time. Typically, when someone signs with Speedo, you're with them for life. So I, I like their loyalty and their sense of family, but it's a um, I, I'm, I'm just, I was very happy when I saw that you, that you had signed on. So what is your make, you know, what is your make waves moment? Um, oh man, you're putting me on the spot. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had to put you on the spot, but I want to see if you're, if you're, if you're a good team player. Oh, of course. Team Speedo you, now. What's your make yeah, waves moment? Okay. Well, it's wild. This is not, man, I could think of quite a few, but the, the one that blows my mind is like, obviously I grew up watching all these big time Speedo athletes like Colin Jones. And I'm swimming in ISL right now. And Colin is, he's not only a coach for my team, but like, he's, he's a speedo guy that works for speedo. And I've seen his evolution from being a professional athlete sponsored by speedo to now being, you know, a a father who runs his own brand, his own business, but who works with speedo. And he's like this, he's like this icon that I look up to and I'm like hanging out with him. Like he's a peer of mine and he's texting me. It's wild. It is. Wild. And there was a moment where I walked on deck in Italy for the ISL me and Colin looked at me. He's like, you look good, man. You look great today. And I was like, you look great today. And that to me was just like everything. It was just like, it was passion. It was energy. It was a dream come true for a 10 year old Cody Miller. I mean, it was, Dude, it was everything. It's it's little moments like that. I mean, that's making waves when you just when you're living it and you're also still achieving that 10-year-old dream. You know what I mean? I just oh, I get excited I, about that. That I think you were prepared for that. I I I, no. I, I you know, I, I sent you some talking points before we before we 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 press record. And obviously you didn't read them. Maybe you were busy <laughs> being a dad, but I I think that uh I think you recovered. I, I don't know that I could ask that question across 10 people and they wouldn't get it right. That is, that is a make waves moment that I can, that I can, uh, I wouldn't have answered that well, but that does, it does crystallize everything. It crystallizes the cohesiveness of, of swim and all of the family circles. And, uh, and I, I like that a lot. So let's, let's stay on the, the speedo topic just okay. for one more okay. moment. Um, you know, do you have, uh, what's, you know, what's your speedo gear? What's, what's, what's your kit? What's your go-to? What's, what's something that you really love? Um, <clears throat> well, I love their, I think they're called the power paddles. That's like my go-to. I actually made like a whole video about that not too long ago about, you know, kind of like a what's inside my gear bag kind of thing. And, um, those paddles, if I could choose one piece of equipment to take with me anywhere, it would be those also not so many equipment, but like this hoodie that I'm wearing right now is and I'm not just promoting speedo because I'm a speed. It's like the nicest thing I've ever worn. I wear them all the time. I, I got Allie one and she's been wearing it to school and a bunch of her teachers are like, that's really nice sweatshirt. And so now I'm like, well, now I got to get all these people speedo sweatshirts because everybody loves them. So yeah, I mean, definitely those power paddles, my, the hyper elite goggles are like the greatest goggles I've ever worn. Uh, one of my f- favorite things to do is to give those things away because number one, kids get excited. But number two, um, I always wanted a pair of Olympians goggles and, um, you know, it's just like, it's just the best dude. It's the best. Um, yeah. 
So the uh, so the, the sweatshirt thing is a thing. Uh, my it's wife, nice. you know, I'm I'm an old man, married many 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 years, full grown daughter. They take my sweatshirts. Yeah, they always take the sweatshirts. You know, they're, they're surprised. They're, they, they, they're, they're massive. And, you know, on an afternoon in Austin, Texas, where we're, we're hanging out in the fall, they're wearing this, this, this speedo sweatshirt that looks like a, a, a massive comforter, but they love it. So yeah, that's the thing. So protect your sweatshirt, bud. Keep one for yourself. Don't let it go. Don't let them take it. You got it. <laughs> it is the thing. It's the best man. The, um, I keep seeing kids on, on this could bring, bring it back to Cody Miller adventures. I, I keep seeing kids in there and they're using kits to capture themselves in swimming. I see it mostly on Instagram. See some, some of it on YouTube and uh, they're, they're doing Cody Miller edits. They're doing Cody Miller. Uh, I'm like, I saw that on Cody Miller adventures and they're 12. There's like, there's, there's, <laughs> <laughs> there's two things that I do all the time. One is I, I like to do running jumps with the GoPro, like holding it out. Cause I think it looks really cool. And the other thing is I really like time lapses. I like time lapses of the pool. Cause I think it looks cool. Um, I think it's effective in showing obviously time passing, but it's good for transitions. And I've seen a good number of people starting to use way, way, way more of those. I mean, those are like two staples for the videos that I make. I love the, the jumping in shots, the smiling, jumping into the water, all that stuff. And, uh, yeah, I guess like when twelve year olds are doing like emulating you, like you're doing something right, right? That's that's a that's a good sign. <laughs> no, it is a good sign. So it, it's, it's <clears throat> so I, I start to feel like possessive because it's um I'm not a materialistic person, but there's things that I love, I want in my life, and it's it's usually it's the intangibles like your your vlog. I want this to be a part of my life, and I want to know, you know, what's it going to be like? Is it is this is this going to be the um is this going to be Game of Thrones where it just keeps, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm going to have season after season after season. And I'm going to keep loving it. <laughs> or is this going to be, um, is it going to be Ted Lasso where the first season's amazing and then it starts to peter out. So I you didn't like season it, two. Uh, I'm not down with season two. Okay. So let's, let's stop Ted Lasso analogy. Have you seen Dune? Oh, have I seen Dune? It was a masterpiece. I loved it. I went and saw it in IMAX the night it came out and my mind was so blown. I mean, the, the cinematography, the shot composition, the I think it might be the, the, the bet, the most well-scored movie I've ever seen. Not, not saying I would like, like would listen to the score, but just the whole movie, it flew by and you're, you're in constant tension. You're constant. I, I don't want to de derail this podcast, but I loved it. I mean, I just, it, it was amazing. It was amazing. I got a wonderful wife and family. So my, my wife booked tickets at the Alamo draft house. If you guys know what the Alamo draft house is. And oh, yeah. um, it's, it's sort of a thing in, in Austin and Los Angeles and Denver, but you go and you have a massive meal and you, so yeah, I saw it in a theater. I wasn't watching this. I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna watch this on TV. No. It was uh yeah, gorgeous. Composition of frame, the score. This is a space opera the way it's 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 done. There's a lot of money. You're getting a whole lot of investment for your your movie ticket dollars. It's a lot of entertainment. You could feel it. You could feel it. Yeah, but uh, and when it when it ended, I was just like, no, I need more. Keep going. You know, critics are hammering it. Yeah, dude, it just, are they really? They're hammering it? I thought yeah, it was had like an 80%. It. 
Chalamet, um, Timothy Chalamet, and they're, they they don't like Timothy Chalamet. I I like Timothy Chalamet a lot. I thought he was great. I thought yeah. he was. I mean, one of the standouts of the movie. I mean, yeah. What a just you could feel there are movies that you watch and then you read like something in an article that says this movie costs two hundred million dollars to make and you're like really but you watch Dune and you see where every cent of that movie went it just it it you can see it you can see the the hundreds of millions of dollars and the passion like the the years of articulating how we're going to perfectly craft this narrative in a beautiful way coming back to that you know that analytical mindset right Lo- oh, love it I love it. It's, um, yeah, I figured you had, just had to check in with you. Um, and, uh, so let's get back to the vlog. Okay. This is what I want to ask you. Okay. So how is it going to evolve? And really it's a two-parter question because, sure. you know, I don't want to, I don't want to overload you, but like, if I talk to Tom Shields, Tom Shields is like, no, I'm, you know, I, I don't care about the Olympics and you know, I can make an Olympic team, but I really like being a pro swimmer. I could do ISL, I could do world cup and I'm fine. And I'll do that for a while. Yeah, are, where where are you in that bucket, and how is that going to impact Cody Miller Adventures? That's a great question. No one has ever asked me that before, so kudos. Um, obviously, being a professional swimmer is a part of the DNA of what my video series is, and fortunately, I have no desire to stop swimming. Being a professional swimmer, so for the years to come, <clears throat> I definitely plan on continuing to compete at the meets that you know, that I, that I want to compete at, or that I get to compete at. And, um, I plan on continuing. I have some other ideas of some other things to do. And right now I'm just kind of building a foundation and kind of honing my skills. Um, but I kind of see this as just the beginning, which is like super exciting not to be like too teasing of anybody out there, but, uh, yeah, there's a lot of great stuff around the corner. Um, it's just a matter of timing and, um, you know, how much longer I'm going to really keep training and competitively working towards, you know, swimming certain meets, but similar to what you said about Tom, I can like hear his, his voice right now. I love Tom. He's one of my favorite people to have conversations with, but you know, just the idea of being a real professional swimmer and going to all these meets, you know, swimming short course meters meets and trying to win prize money and, and just kind of living that lifestyle. Um, the fact that that's an option is a beautiful thing that I, I want to be a part of. I, I love it. Okay. So, the, um, so let me, let me pin you down. It's, you know, if I talk to Tom, Tom's like, you know, he wants to make the Olympic team or world championship team. He goes, but no, it's high. It's, it is a higher priority for him to perform at ISL and world cup for sure. And, and, and he, he's like, you know, if I have these other things, great, but mm-hmm. I'm defining my life by the circuits. Mm-hmm. Is that, is that, do you fall in that bucket? Or are you still like, no, I'm going, I'm going for these, these, these peak moments at world champs in the Olympic games. Yeah. I'm still like, I'm not, not exactly entirely sure. And, and, um, what I mean by that is, you know, we've got what three years to the next Olympic trials. And, um, right now I'm just kind of like, you know, like I'm going to compete and race at that meet, but I don't know how much of my heart and soul I'm going to pour into just the training aspect of that, um, opposed to trying to do well at, you know, in, in an ISL season. So, um, as far as like what would be defining of your career right now, I think it's more so on the media side. It's, it's more so on, um, creating lasting content that is, you know, that is fulfilling me and ultimately making a bigger impact on other people. Right. Because if I go swim really fast and set another American record, I get a couple swim, swim, write ups. I get a big hug from my coach and it's like, okay, cool. 
but I've already, I've already eclipsed Everest. Like I've already won that Olympic gold medal. So it's not like I'm doing anything that is greater than, or anything that is going to, um, I guess, make me look at my swimming career with any grander lens. Now it's a matter of, okay, how am I continuing this lifestyle that I love, but getting more out of it in a different way. And the way I'm doing that is, um, sharing parts of the story of the professional swimmer, uh, through the lens of a YouTube video. And I think the better I get at that, the, the more proud I will be of uh, my impact right now. I don't know if that accurately answers your question, but that's kind of the way I view it. Like, uh, you know, I don't know. I want to, I, I don't know if I want to throw in, uh, six to eight months of training, 10 swim workouts a week weights, uh, you know, like the, the 40 hour swimming work week, just to try and go a peak performance, best time at Olympic trials. When I think there's a, there's a broader spectrum to the sport out there that I think that we're like trying to unlock, you know what I mean? I think you answered the question. Okay. I'm, I, I think if we're, if we're, if we're following the vlog and, uh, and we're, we're following your journey and it, it, that's making sense to me, it's, uh, so at a certain point it does end. And at a certain point you, you do have to evolve, take it really evolve. Yeah. Um, you can go you can go in a lot of different directions. Well, I, mean, a, I, asked, I asked Braden about this. I'm like, Hey, Braden's like, ask him about that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So the other, I mean, something that I, that I certainly will do to some, to some extent, there will always be just the, a vlog like right now where I'm training, I'm preparing for somewhat of a competition and there's a, and people can follow along with that. And I can transition out of being this guy who's like trying to break an American record to this guy who's okay. Now he's going to a master's championship meet and he's going to swim the tuner free. And he hasn't done this in 10 years. What am I going to go? Like how fast can I go in a tuner free at 34 years old at a master's championship meet? I think that that's something that for me is exciting, new and fun. And I think that the audience out there is, is going to enjoy watching that just as much. Um, I would, I would hope, but we'll, we'll find out, you know? Um, so like you said, there are a lot of routes to go, but I mean, I want to, I want to continue racing, whatever that means, whatever that means trying to qualify for worlds or, Hey, I'm going to go to, I'm going to go to this, uh, summer masters meet in California and we're going to do a hundred backstroke. We're going to see what happens, you know, something like that. Like one of my, this is totally unrelated, but I remember watching, um, I remember watching Colin do a hundred yard breaststroke at a, a small meet once. And I was like, wow. This is like, it got me more excited to see someone who traditionally doesn't do breaststroke, do something that is outside their wheelhouse, you know? And, uh, eventually, eventually I'm going to do that. I've got a, oh, I have this really cool idea of, uh, of training for like an open water meet and doing like a daily vlog where I vlog every day and I'm like training for an open water competition. I'll go out, I'll swim with sandpipers. I've got a lot of wild ideas. Um, that's one of them. Cause I do want to do an open water race. Um, and I think that that would be really fun to watch, have people just watch me quite frankly, just suffer through the misery of really being a, an open water swimmer training for a 10 K. You know what I mean? I, I think that's, um, two things. I wish that I'd never left the pool. Cause I left the pool and like, didn't take a bath or a shower for a long period of time, embarrassingly, but like I left competition and I wish I'd never left. I wish I'd always, I'd always stayed connected and done a master's meet shown up and done a hundred breaststroke shown up and done. And I, and what I'm hearing from you is that, yeah, that's a part of your narrative. Yeah. That's the first thought just listening to you now. My second thought is this, I watched YouTubers for years. I'm a, I'm, I unplugged from TV about six years ago and I get all, I, I can, I've consumed everything on demand. 
but I watch YouTube more and more and more and more. And I've always thought, okay, you're, and I, we got friends. I've had, I have friends, I have an entertainment background. So I have friends who started with series on, on YouTube that, that jumped to television. But now I'm looking at it going, I don't know that you want to jump to TV. Why would you want to jump to a television series on some network where they take your business and they take a chunk of it? It doesn't make sense. It, I feel like we're evolving into an era of entertainment where Cody Miller Adventures just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and your subscription rate gets higher and higher and higher. And uh, you know, I see you with a million subscribers, and you're your own show. I try not to think about it that way in terms of subscribers and all that stuff. Uh, I don't. I don't really look at it that way. Um, I just see it as: am I am I getting better at what I'm doing, and am I enjoying what I'm doing? And I think about potential. Um, potential avenues for new vlog series, new shows, um, new narratives and whatnot. But yeah, I try to avoid all the, like, you know, like the, how many followers you have? That's not, I, no, I don't think that's healthy to look at things like that. I don't think it's healthy either, but it's in, in terms of, um, I don't think that we've, I've never felt like we've had the possibility of something where someone really is their own show. Right. And it makes well, sense. Well, that's that's exactly what you see on net, on on YouTube now because there's a lot of there's a lot of genres of television that have moved away from network TV and and now live on YouTube because you don't need the middleman. And for something like what I do, you really don't need the middleman. Um, there's a lot of food shows that that used to be on the Travel Channel that would follow someone around traveling to different places, eating different types of foods, critiquing those types of foods. Now that barely exists on Travel Channel. Now you see that all over YouTube and you see a, a great number of people doing creating content that is equal to or greater than what you used to see on network television. And, and, and the reason why people are doing that, if you guys are listening out there, it's really just a business model because if yes. you're, if you're being distributed by a, a large company, they take a chunk of your bottom line and there's yeah. just no reason to do it. You can be creative. You can be with your own team or you can be a one man show and it, it makes a lot more sense. But my point to you was, wow, you're doing it. And you're reaching a threshold, a stratosphere where it's like, this could be a show that just goes. So I think that you're like the Anthony Bourdain of swimming. You've got, you've got your own narrative you're, and, and it's just going to keep evolving. That's pretty great. Thanks, man. That, that's like a really high praise. Um, but to some degree, it would be cool to, to travel to different teams and train with a different team and do a specific, whatever, whatever the flavor of the week is a specific set that, you know, only the Florida Gators do, or only what name a team, whatever that team does and, and to like do it and, and uh, kind of share that knowledge and experience. That's an exciting thing. That is very much a, a, a Bourdain type of experience. Um, I love that, man. Or showing up and doing, um, you know, a hundred backstroke at masters. Yeah. Now we're talking. See, now we're or, talking. Or open water. It's all there. It's it's everything falls under Cody Miller Adventures, which is what I love. So let's kind of, let me bring it back just to, as a, a you know, you know, you're you're in the middle of ISL. You're it's um we're in the middle of being a pro. And uh there's been all sorts of conversations in the background. It's like, will this continue? Is it mm -hmm. gonna make it? Mm -hmm. And uh there's a lot of people are calling out ISL because payments have been slow. It's um I have my personal opinions because I've watched this very closely. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what, what's it like on the inside being an athlete and, and with, with these financial questions up in the air, you know, <laughs> have a drink, 
How yeah. Do, how do so you no, you're, you're right. I mean, this is, uh, <clears throat> I've, I'm very much on the inside. Like I'm a member of the swimmers Alliance, which is effectively this pro swimmers union. I'm in all of the email threads and the, the, the WhatsApp threads, all the, all the methods of communication from, I mean, every major athlete that is a part of that, you know? Um, and from the outside looking in you, you, it kind of looked like, and I have not read the articles that were written. Uh, I've seen some headlines and people talking about it, that it's out there, but, um, I think personally having no understanding of how the true financials operate, because unless you're inside the inner circle, you don't really know. Like we're like, we are all just speculating. Like that should be very clear and very well understood. Um, but from everything that I've heard, from people that work within the organization, people who work under the organization, like the coaches, it sounds like we're guaranteed at least one more season. Um, and so they're pretty confident that that's going to happen. So that's question number one, right? Is this going to continue? I'm pretty certain it's going to continue for at least another year. I think we've got that down. Um, and then the second thing is the disarray about the late payments and the finances. Um, there have been a lot of reports about um, companies that have been contracted to do it, to do a job that haven't been paid. I just don't know. Like we, and I don't think anybody really knows what has happened um, unless you're like hardcore research, researching all this, which I don't think anybody like really, really is. Um, so the one thing that I do know about, okay, maybe me, <laughs> the one thing that I do know about is, you know, the athletes getting paid and there were extreme delayed payments. I mean, people were getting paid a year beyond when they were basically promised to get paid. And that's a problem. And so naturally, as any union of any organization came together and had discussions, it's like, okay, what do we do about getting paid? Because this is a problem. Um, and what are our options? I saw a headline that said that there was discussion of a strike. Um, obviously, in any circumstance, when there's something like this, that is an option. But to say that people within the league or, or swimmers within this alliance were actively considering a strike is a far cry. I mean, that's just everyone, everyone understands that a strike right now for the ISL would be stupid because it wouldn't help perfect. It would not help the sport. It would not move the sport forward. And we all understand that. So I think Tom in one of our threads said, one of the only options we have is a nuke, which he's referring to a strike. And he's like, and we don't want to detonate this nuke because it helps no one. It's going to, you know, so that's, that's kind of that narrative out there. A lot, quite a few people have asked me about that's kind of silly. You know what I mean? Um, but from the, I mean, as someone that's a part of this league, um, we're all just kind of rolling with the punches and understanding that there are some growing pains and they're trying to work things out and um, hopefully it gets better. But from what I have heard, I think everybody has been, at least the athletes have been paid out almost fully. So they're remedying some of those late payments. Um now, I'm not going to make any excuses. That kind of thing is unacceptable for a league that is supposed to be professional. Uh, but look at how I, I would counter some of those things by saying, like, look at how much better the athlete relationship with FINA is now opposed to two years ago. Look at look at what they're doing with their league. Look at what they're doing with prize money. Like we are moving the needle forward. Is it in, is it strong enough? Probably not. Is It's never enough. You know, like we want more, we want more, we want more, but give, you have to look at the circumstances and compare them to just a couple of years ago. Like, have we made progress? Yes. Are athletes better off now than they were before? Yes. Are we there yet? Absolutely not. Um, but it is an exciting time and it is certainly very, very interesting. And I'm glad that a lot of people want to follow this. Like, I'm glad that people are reporting on this and are discussing it because 
um, obviously that creates intrigue and that keeps people engaged. So I'm sure you're, you're, you're probably following those details a lot closer. I know athletes that were pissed that they hadn't been paid for like six or seven months, but now those athletes have been paid. So we will see. We will, that's, that's, you know, that's it. I'm, I'm on the phone with, uh, they're with both Constantine's the, the CEO and, and Gregorshin and there, and I, and I like them. I, I like what they're doing. I see this as, I still see this as a startup. Yeah. <clears throat> and I, I know that for a professional league to be successful, it's going to take years and years and years, but I knew that this was one sticking point. And I also knew that you were on these, these, uh, these group texts mm-hmm. and I had a feeling that you might add some clarity to it. And I think, I think you did in that answer and I appreciate it. Uh, what's going on with you? What's going on in your life? What's, what's happening in the near future and, in, and into next spring? Give us a preview. Well, I mean, I've got a baby coming. Allie's due in February. So we're going to have a second kid, which is pretty wild to think about. Um, we're just growing our family, man. Uh, obviously I'm leaving it a few weeks to go to the, the next, you know, the next, the next leg of this, uh, ISL league, which is exciting. Um, and yeah, I'm just not looking too far ahead. Just kind of try to take it day by day, but having one kid has been pretty wild. So I can only imagine what having this next one's going to be like. I did. If, did anyone ever pull you aside and say, Hey Cody, what's up buddy? Um, so when you have a kid, your sleep, it's, it's 50%. It's half. <laughs> So what you're sleeping right now, when the kid shows up after that, you're going to live on half of that. Did anyone pull you aside and say that to you? A lot of people, a lot of people did. Uh, And I like just tried to block it out because there's nothing you could do. That's one of those things that's like outside of your control. Like you do your very best to take care of the baby so that the baby sleeps well. But at the end of the day, there's not a whole lot of controlling it. And, uh, it was rough, man. It was rough. And I know that like the eight weeks leading into us trials for long course worlds next year is when I'm going to have a fresh baby in my house. So I have already like understood that my training and preparation for this meet is less than ideal. And that's just, that's just where I'm at in my career and that's okay. You know what I mean? So we just make do with what we have and, uh, and kind of just do my best. Um, fortunately Axe sleeps great now. I mean, he sleeps 10 hours a night now, but it wasn't until he was, he was seven or eight months that we were really hit that big milestone that every parent wants, you know? All right, buddy. I, I, I want you to come back on the pod. We, you, you, need to, you need to come up with topics and be like, I don't, I want to talk about this. If you want to come back and just talk about movies, I'll do that too. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I come back anytime. All right. Do, do you have any parting thoughts before we shut down? I mean, my parting thought is always the same. I think people just need to be nice to each other. You know, try to stay off social media a little bit, avoid comments because it's generally not healthy to read too much, especially about yourself. And just be nice to each other. There's a lot of crap going on in the world right now. And I honestly think that we have way more in common with each other than people realize. It's just polarized by a lot of algorithms and a lot of inhuman communication. Like I see all the communication online as being less than forms of communication because you're missing all the social cues that you typically get with a face-to-face conversation like the one that we're having right now so just just try to be nice to people that's all that's it you've been listening to the swim swam podcast stay tuned for new episodes every week you can take swim swam podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform look for links in the description below And be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.